Welcome to the Farm Credit Advocates Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ward, Public Relations and Communications Specialist at Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Emma Larson, the Assistant Director of Industry Relations at American Farm Bureau. Emma grew up on her family's farm in California and made her way to Washington, D.C. after college to begin her career advocating for America's farmers and ranchers. Emma now leads the Ag Innovation Challenge, a national business competition that showcases American startups developing innovative solutions that address challenges facing farmers and rural communities. So listen to this episode as we get to know the top 10 Ag Innovation Challenge semifinalists for 2022 and talk about how these entrepreneurs are changing the ag industry for the better. Thank you again, Emma, for joining us on the podcast today. Welcome. Uh, Do you want to start by sharing a little bit about your background and why you chose the agriculture industry? Absolutely. Well, before I begin, I just want to thank you, Katie, for having me on here. It's an honor to uh, speak a little bit more with you today as well as the folks that will be tuning in. So I was born and raised in California's Central Valley, otherwise known as the breadbasket of the world, into a farming family, of course. I grew up on the ranch, you know, riding around with my dad, my grandfather, going to the coffee shop in the morning, sitting at the table with everyone, changing the water at all times of the night. Uh, So really understanding what it took at a young age to, you know, not only be a part of this profession, but also the lifestyle that comes with it. And I was hooked. I really was hooked at such a young age, and so in high school, I became involved in my high school's FFA chapter and was an officer and held different leadership roles. After high school, I went on to study agricultural communications at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So I was lucky to have a great mentor during those four years, Dr. Vernon, who really encouraged his students to say yes and get involved, and we actually still keep in touch to this day. But during all of those experiences, it was incredibly clear to me that this industry truly has the best and most genuine caring people that you can find from coast to coast and all regions in between. And farmers and ranchers are truly salt of the earth. And I'm, I'm reminded every single day that it's a privilege to work on their behalf in D.C. So how did you end up going from California to Washington, D.C.? Yes, far ways away from home, and it really stems back all the way to college for me. And, you know, when it came to summer internships, my parents were incredibly supportive of me gaining new experiences, even if it meant it was a few miles or a few thousand miles away from home. And two pivotal summers really come to mind. The first was spent in Denver working for Agrium, now known as Nutrien. And the second took me to Kansas City where I interned at Osborne Bar, marketing agency. And each of those experiences and opportunities really helped shape my career, uh, but also served as a springboard for what was next and what was the new opportunity. I graduated school. I took a marketing role for a crop input company in Phoenix. And then a year or so into that role, I met Sarah Brown, who would later become my boss at the Sunbelt Expo in Georgia, where she was staffing President Duval. A few short months later, I was suddenly packing up my bags and heading east to work for American Farm Bureau. So it really did happen in the blink of an eye. That sounds like quite the journey, and you had a lot of different experiences along the way. So how did you end up then becoming the assistant director 
of industry relations at American Farm Bureau Federation. Was that your first job or did you have uh, previous roles at AFBF? I did have a previous role at American Farm Bureau, but also in the industry relations department. So the industry relations department was initially one person, my former boss at now, Sarah Brown, and she was growing the external affairs. She was growing our discussions with supply chain companies. She was running the Ag Innovation Challenge and managing sponsorship revenue as well. And she needed some more staff help. And um, she made a really good business case to bring me on board. And so it really was synergistic. Her being from upstate New York, a Cornell grad, um, eighth generation apple farming family, and my West Coast roots, it was the perfect combination to be a team of two and be nimble. And um, it really, we call ourselves the dream team. So it was a wonderful experience and it's been an opportunity to grow. That's awesome. And that's really funny you say that because our marketing department here at Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit, we refer to ourselves as the dream team sometimes too when we <laughs> get done like a campaign or a project that we're really proud of. So I love that. Yeah. Um, so now do you want to give a little detail into your current role and what it entails, any programs or campaigns that you're currently working on or have upcoming? So in my current role, I lead the execution of the industry relations projects and initiatives. Um, I serve as the external contact for supply chain companies um, and manage the sponsorships for not only the American Farm Bureau Federation, but the American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture events and programs. But one of the special programs that I do have the opportunity to lead is the Ag Innovation, which of course is, is what we're here to talk about today. Thank you so much. So now do you want to share a little bit about what the Ag Innovation Challenge is? Give a little background on the program? The challenge was first launched in 2015 and it was the first national business competition of its kind that was focused exclusively on rural entrepreneurs. Since its inception in 2015, uh, it's now evolved into really showcasing U.S. startups that are developing innovative solutions that address challenges facing American farmers, ranchers, and rural communities. So each year, we look to identify the top entrepreneurs addressing both traditional and new challenges that farmers and ranchers face every single day. And in 2021, we hit a large milestone uh, as Farm Bureau has awarded more than $1 million in startup funds to innovators across the nation. And we're really proud to share that externally. That's really exciting. That's a lot of money given, you know, towards a great leap in the industry. So how do you go about finding these entrepreneurs? Is there a certain application and judging process in the program? Yes, there absolutely is, and I like to say it all starts with submitting an application and throwing your hat in the ring. The application typically opens in the springtime, and from there, we work with Farm Credit's Rural Investment and Innovation Work Group to vet these businesses, um, evaluating their business models, their novelty, are they viable, um, what's their strategy, and lastly, but most importantly, is if this innovation or if this business is addressing a relevant and high-priority issue that's facing Farm Bureau members and Farm Credit customers. And then once those teams are announced, they'll participate in individual pitch training from Cornell University's S.C. Johnson College of Business Faculty, and that happens in the fall. The teams will go on to compete live at the American Farm Bureau Convention in January of each year. And so 2022 will take place in Atlanta, Georgia. That's exciting. And there are 
10 finalists, is that correct? Yes, 10 semifinalists that um, we're really excited to have them join us in Atlanta this year. And once these finalists are chosen, what do they receive, the, the top prize? Yes. So in total, Farm Bureau awards $165,000 in prize money to these 10 businesses, um, which of course is made possible by our generous sponsors. Competitors do accrue money as they advance through the program, but I'd like to call out three prizes. The first is the Ag Innovation Challenge winner, who will win $50,000. The runner-up, the second place prize, will win $20,000. And the People's Choice team, selected by a public vote, which is always nice to see teams get engaged, will win an additional $5,000. So $165,000 is a lot of money on the table, and we distribute it to those 10 teams as they advance through the competition. From personal experience, I've attended the AFBF annual meetings in years past, and I have been able to witness these Um, semi-finalists giving their pitches and they're all such incredible entrepreneurs and programs and organizations that I just find it nearly impossible to choose a winner but I do know that they all you know have such a great impact on ag innovation so I'm really excited to hear from you about the top 10 semi-finalists for 2022 and so I thought we could maybe go down the list in alphabetical order and you could kind of give our listeners a summary of each semi-finalists. So do you want to start with Bird's Eye Robotics? Bird's Eye Robotics is a Nebraska Farm Bureau member. Their team lead is Scott Niewander. And Bird's Eye Robotics has developed an autonomous robot called Bird's Eye that removes bird mortality in poultry houses, tills up caked bedding, and just generally improves the overall animal welfare by stimulating the bird's movements. Um, So really uh, an exciting innovation for the poultry industry, especially as labor challenges continue to persist. For a lot of our listeners here in the Mid-Atlantic region, poultry is a very prominent commodity in agriculture, especially in Delaware and Maryland and the eastern shore of Virginia. So I know that's going to be really interesting for our listeners to look into. So up next, we have Caravan Tech. Yes, so Caravan Tech is based out of Alabama, and they're an Alabama Farmers Federation member, and they are developing a tool to help the real-time live stock tracing and a multitude of other farm management applications. There are three flagship products worth mentioning um, that also work in unison are their smart ear tags, uh, their intraruminal bolus, and their caravan chat system. So they're really helping the traceability and sustainability piece of livestock management. Oh, wow. That sounds really interesting. Um, I'll have to read a little bit more about that one. So that'll be something really exciting. Up next, we have, is it Chonex? Chonex? Yes. Chonex. All right. Yes. Michael is an Alabama Farmers Federation member as well. And they're a soil health company that's developed a biological and proprietary process for upcycling poultry manure. So also um, hitting home for you all up in the mid-Atlantic. And they're taking that manure and really turning it into a concentrated microbial biostimulant that's used to improve soil health and increase soil microbes. So another poultry sector Um, innovation, but something that's very different from the autonomous robot that's helping stimulate animal movement. Yeah, that's a whole other side to poultry, but also equally important. Yes. All right, next we have Exiplex. 
Yes, they are a West Virginia Farm Bureau member. Daryl Stavanis is the team lead, and they are developing a diagnostic technology for the on-site detection of mycotoxins in animal feed inputs. This technology is designed to operate at every level of the feed production chain, and this single invention will really deliver multiple solutions to a variety of customers. So. Um, it's, you know, mycotoxins are something that's highly scientific, of course, and it's an issue that faces many of the grain farmers, but, you know, also on the livestock side where folks are um, wanting to ensure that they're feeding their animals the best and most nutritious quality of food. Animal nutrition is a really hot topic, especially today with just generic consumers. So that'll be something that's really important and I'm excited to learn more about. So up next, we have Grain Weevil Corporation. Yes, and Chad Johnson leads this team based out of Nebraska. And it's a grain bin safety and management robot that directly engages with the surface of the grain by really scurrying across, breaking any crusts, and conducting inspections inside the grain bin. So not only does it impact the quality of stored grain, but it also improves the farmer well-being and keeps the farmer out of the grain bin, which we so constantly hear about farmers and grain bin entrapments. So it's nice that this robot will go in there and do the work for the farmer and they stay safe outside of the bin and, and no longer need to get in there and face any risks. I know we partner with Nationwide Insurance every year and sponsor grain bin rescue tubes for our local fire departments because like you said, unfortunately, that is a a big issue here with grain farmers is the entrapment in the grain bins. So this um, innovation would be very helpful for their safety as well as keeping the grain clean and getting data. All right, up next is Marble Technologies. And Brittany Wondercheck leads this team. They are based out of Nebraska, Nebraska Farm Bureau members, and they are developing a robotic solution that reduces the labor needs specifically in the meatpacking industry and those facilities to improve workplace safety by conducting these tasks with a history of worker injury such as meatpacking. So um, they're using computer vision, artificial intelligence, and sensing technology to help automate these tasks in meat processing, uh, beginning with the task of meat packing vacuum-sealed meat into boxes. And that's also a very timely innovation with the pandemic last year and mm-hmm. losing a lot of those meat processing employees to the pandemic and just not having as much access to the work. Up next is Neck Supply. Yes, and Blake Chance leads this team based out of Kansas. Um, And Blake has developed a quick pin design that allows tractors to be quickly and easily and safely, most importantly, unhooked from an implement, especially in cases of emergency. Um, So when you pull that top shaft, it Hop in the tractor, releases the pressure, and the main shaft will fall out. This invention was developed with balers catching on fire and needing to get the tractor away from the implement as quickly as possible. And so Blake developed the quick pin, which has been a really wonderful solution, and he really prides himself on keeping the manufacturing here in the United States. That sounds like a really good safety feature that all tractors and equipment should have. Up next, we have Propagate Ventures. Yes, and Propagate Ventures is led by Ethan Steinberg, based out of New York. 
and they are developing an agroforestry platform that makes it easy for farmers and ranchers to access the operational know-how, um, implement certain tools, offer financing and offtake agreements needed to reduce business risks while integrating fruit, nut, and timber trees within animal and crop farming systems. So really going on folks' operations and looking at how they can introduce native vegetation and trees and shrubs onto their operations. Of course, with all the carbon sequestration we're hearing about these days, this helps address that concern. I love that. Next, we have STEM Punk. Yes, and STEM Punk's based out of Pennsylvania, led by Leighton Rice, and it is the world's first hand-free, dual-dextrous Apple stem clipping device to reduce stem punctures and fruit. The patented design adds a measure of efficiency to the process of harvesting high-value fresh apple varieties. And farmers receive the highest dollar for the quality of their fruit. And so Stempunk really helps ensure that farmers are um, getting the largest bottom line as possible, but also making sure that their quality of fruit is high as it can be. I'm going to be honest with you, this one sparked my curiosity ahead of time and I visited their website and I watched some of their videos, their tutorial videos where they're using this Stempunk tool and it was really neat. So that that's pretty exciting. And last but not least, we have Vulps Agricultural Corporation. Yes, and they are led by Rick Shang out of Missouri and he's a Missouri Farm Bureau member. They are a manufacturing startup that has developed their flagship product, Carbon Black Acid, which is a fertilizer additive. Um, This Carbon Black Acid is made from agricultural waste, so think corn cobs, think sawdust, sugar cane, um, into carbon sources that the soil and crops can use, um, but also modifies those carbon sources into carriers of nutrients and water. So again, really, um, really R&D focus there, but, uh, you know, really neat that they're using ag waste and turning it into fertilizer, essentially. Great. Well, thank you for going down these top 10 semifinalists for us. Um, It sounds to me like all of these innovations revolve around technology, and I know that's something that the industry has seen really, really grow the past few years, especially. So I would love to know why you think innovation is so important in our industry. Innovation is really critical to the future of agriculture. You know, it's why the industry has been able to continue to sustain a growing population with the shrinking amount of arable land. You know, I think of my family's operation and my grandfather certainly doesn't farm the same way um, as he did when he first started out. And the same goes for my father, who's been in the business for a shorter amount of time. And so, The industry has made some amazing advancements and strides and will continue to push the envelope. And all of that is because of innovation and technology. Yes, I could not agree more. And I love seeing the transition. And I'm sure with you growing up on a farm, you've been able to witness it all firsthand. You know, I think of when I was on a tractor with my folks in my earlier years. And now you get on there, you push a button, the GPS does everything for you. The rows are straight. You don't have to worry about white knuckling and making those rows straight yourself. Exactly. Um, So now I would love to ask you where you see the future of ag heading in the next 10 to 20 years with all of these innovations. Well, if I had my crystal ball, 
I see the industry continuing to innovate and adapt as the need arises. There are innovations and technologies that we haven't even dreamed of yet. I think if you asked my grandfather um, if he could press a button and have a tractor drive a straight row for him, he would have thought you were crazy. And farmers and ranchers are the most resilient people that I know, so I have no doubt that they will continue to persevere and meet the challenges of today and tomorrow. So this will be no different. I agree. And I think it's funny, too, because when people look at the stereotypical picture of a farmer, they don't really think of them to be technologically advanced. Um, However, most of their equipment that they're using uh, with GPS and the computer for precision agriculture is far more advanced than a lot of industries really throughout the whole world. So it always amazes me how they embrace the new technology. And that really gets back to the mission of the American Farm Bureau Foundation is ag literacy and ag education and making sure, you know, it's not old McDonald with a pitchfork. It's old McDonald or the farmer you see today or someone like my grandfather or dad who are in the field, they're using technology. Um, You know, they've gone to college, they have specialized education for their certain field. And, you know, they're they're running um, a very diversified operation. We have pistachios and wine grapes and processing tomatoes and that's irrigation systems, it's fertilizer schedules. Um, So it's a multitude of things that they're managing. You know, it's it's not old McDonald anymore. Exactly. It's young McDonald, Mrs. McDonald. Yes, all. <laughs> exactly. I love that. So how are these top 10 semifinalists in the Ag Innovation Challenge contributing to that shift that we're seeing in the industry? Well, this year's teams, along with previous program participants, which have been in the news, raising multiple series of funding rounds, they're all developing innovative solutions in different You know, maybe it's the same sector, but it's a different challenge that's being addressed. And these are all challenges that are facing farmers and ranchers. And these innovations will continue to move the industry forward. So really um, celebrating and elevating these entrepreneurs um, this year and every year um, because these innovations will be the way of the future. Well, thank you, Emma. We always ask all of our podcast guests the same sign-off question before we end our conversation, and that is, what do you advocate for in agriculture? So with less than 20% of Americans living in rural communities and 1% of that being farmers and ranchers, my true passion is sharing the real story of agriculture, ensuring the public understands where their food comes from and how it's grown And most importantly, just really ensuring that farmers and ranchers have a seat at the table, not only here in the Beltway, but across the countryside, so that they can continue doing what they do best, and that's growing safe, abundant, and sustainable food, fiber, and fuel for the globe. So, I think all of our listeners today can hear that passion throughout our conversation and agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, thank you for having me here today. Yeah, thank you, Emma. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate review, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend. You can get podcast notes and subscribe to email alerts at mafc.com slash podcast. Remember to send topic and guest suggestions to podcast at mafc.com.